0: with me into the tormented haunted half-lit night of the insane this is my work let me lead you into it let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad
1: hi and welcome to beyond the cabin in the woods a good ghoul's guide to horror i'm your poltergeist kinsey
0: i'm Guide poltergeist donna i'm your poltergeist mac
1: And this week we discuss the brand spanking new film, Lisa Frankenstein. So um, we're going to be in spoiler territory very quickly. So just pause it, go watch it, then come back to us. And yeah, so let's just start going around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Uh, How did you see it since it was a theatrical release? How was your crowd? Um, actually, I'm glad you asked because I was going to answer that question anyway. Um, <laughs> I I had a surprisingly pleasant experience because I, I want to mention I don't hate teenagers. I don't hate teenagers. Teenagers are just you know adults who are who haven't figured it out yet. They're they're little adults who Wait, are. Wait, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! Out. We were supposed to have figured it out.
1: <laughs> well, they're No, I haven't. No, I'm I was... still I'm still 13 years old. I just you know don't look it um but they're trying to figure it out and um so I don't hate teenagers but I also expect them to be teenagers so my theater was full of people who probably have Cole Sprouse posters on their wall and through the uh previews uh there was a lot of phone use going on and I just told myself this is just going to happen just deal with it don't just just deal with the phone use. But I was really surprised. This theater full of teenagers was uh, really one of the most polite theater audiences I've ever been privileged to be around. So that was a surprisingly pleasant experience. Now, here's the thing. I got my weeks mixed up and I thought last week was when we were recording this. So I watched this a week ago, which caused me to kind of change my evaluation. On the day I watched it, My evaluation was not mad. I watched it. I was entertained by it. I enjoyed it. It wasn't a great piece of cinematic art, but I was entertained by it. And then over the course of the week, I started thinking about it. And there's some interesting choices in there. I'm going to just go ahead and say, spoiler coming now. There was a attempted sexual assault in it, and the choice made in that was surprising uh the choice of who did the assault was surprising and just there were some surprising choices in there to the point that I considered going to see it a second time before recording this podcast because I kind of wanted to look at it again anyway with some thought into it I think I liked it better than I thought I did initially there I'm done
0: I'd say yes. Surprising is the word. There, there's a lot of surprises in there. I mean, I only know Cole Sprash from like Big Daddy and Friends. So I like I I am like myopic, and like, I know he's had a whole career after that. I never watched Riverdale, so I don't know that I. I this is my first acknowledgement that he's an adult person, <laughs> and he was very good doing essentially a a silent movie performance in the middle of a very talky. Diablo Cody comedy. Catherine Newton's great in it. The, a lot of the plot choices are interesting. Now, my my screening's interesting. I missed a big chunk of the opening credits. I naturally saw it at Circle. Circle Cinema's great. Go get a membership. I love Circle. Circle forever. Rah rah rah. <laughs> However, there is a, a epidemic of noise bleed through from theater to theater uh, at Circle. I'm in their second biggest theater. Theater two. And as the opening credits are starting, you hear a massive amount of noise from the rear. And I, <laughs> I'm i here so much, I know exactly what the problem is. Somebody left the door to Theater 1 open, and so all the sound from Theater 1 is exiting Theater 1 and entering Theater 2. So what do I do? I get up, I go out the back door. I knew it, Mac. And I proceed to close the the door to theater one, which then puts me in the position of now accidentally being usher for three or four stragglers for a screening of poor things in theater one. I'm like, no, come on in. Come on in. Yeah, great. and Have a good time. And they're like, thank you. And I'm like, great. okay." close the door. I may know this theater too well if I trip into being an usher on (laughs) from time to time.
1: So you missed a, a, a chunk of the credits, which are surprisingly informative. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I may have taken this opportunity to sneak in and make the joke that I failed to make, which is that I was very excited to watch a film that included Castile's daughter and Jughead. There. I snuck my joke in very subtly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I missed a good chunk of the opening credits because I was ad hoc- <laughs> trying to solve the sound bleed through in the uh, theater. <laughs> and it worked. Once I closed the door, everything was fine.
1: <laughs> but you missed the very informative credits.
0: I missed <laughs> 30 to 45 seconds of it, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, well, we, we caught this yesterday and at AMC, uh, Max Boo. Bain. Yep. But so it is funny. Billy also missed a little bit of the opening credits because we had a funky straw. That wasn't so. He had, he's like, I'm gonna go run and get a straw. Like, and it was just like kind of at that tail end. So he missed some of the opening credits, uh, as well. So he feels your pain. He relates to that. And no, like I'm like you with the Cole Sprouse. That I I know him, Big Daddy. Like, and I knew he was on Friends. But I, you know, the fact that he is not that age anymore and saying Capitiller, that's. <laughs> So we had a lot of teenagers in in our in our showing as well because we did an afternoon, and the phone usage was so much better with them than with the adults from a couple weeks ago when I went and saw Godzilla minus one minus color. Oh, yeah. Then these were adults that were.
0: Yeah. Okay. Podcast. We're gonna have to focus back in. It, it will come back to Lisa Raines. Okay. So, so let me let me understand this. Yeah. The the this. This subtitled Japanese movie, they were looking at their phones throughout it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, on our row, we had those are pe- Those
0: are garbage people, and they need, the they, yeah.
1: We had two people, uh, two different sets of couples get up and leave. Uh, right, one right before Godzilla shows up the first time in the water, which she wasn't paying attention on the phone, and so she's asking questions, and I guess he got tired. And then the second time, the second couple left, right before the big finale of Fighting Godzilla. <laughs> anyway all right lisa frankenstein mac i know your face your face says it all
0: i i don't know anymore i just don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry i did not mean to derail on phone etiquette and godzilla minus one minus color but i enjoyed this movie i had a lot of fun with this movie there were a couple jokes and i think maybe because of my age that i laughed that some of the other audience didn't laugh but there was some laugh out loud moments on the dialogue, which is why, and I'm going to be controversial here, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I still say Jennifer's body was miscast, and Megan Fox was the wrong choice for Jennifer. She's not a good enough actress to land Diablo Cody dialogue, and I'll die. I'll die on that hill. I'll say I've said what here. I said. That's why.
0: He, Who would have been better at that moment?
1: At that moment, I don't know.
0: Okay. I, I
1: don't. I don't know, but I. I know she 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 was picked because she was hot and she was the it girl. Yeah. But sometimes that doesn't, that you need a little bit more. Just, but, so yeah, long story short, I liked this film. I had fun with it. I laughed. And yeah. So where do we want to start, everybody? We
0: need to start with Doug. Is yes, who we need let's to start, start with,
1: with Doug. Let's, let's talk about that little shit.
0: I have never turned around on a character so fast in my life. Like, they're ta- they're, wa- they're at the party, they're walking and talking, and he's like, oh, I'd rather go be at the movies than at the party with a bunch of cheerleaders. And I'm like, Doug, you're my guy. Literally five seconds later, I'm like, no, no, I renounce Doug. I renounce Doug. I don't know Doug. Doug Doug, and I have never met. <laughs> I don't know that man. So
1: you think Doug is, is helping her because... Lisa has taken a drug laced drink, mm-hmm. and she is visibly tripping balls. Yeah. <laughs> now, the other thing that's interesting about that scene is she didn't take a drug laced drink because someone drugged her drink. A- another girl drugged her her own drink and offered a sip to Lisa. Yeah, so I just feel like that clarification because this yeah. is another interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I agree, that's definitely, and I didn't think about mentioning that, so yeah, that definitely needs to be mentioned. Lisa, not realizing the the other girl's drink was drugged, was like, no, I'm I'm going to take, I'll take a drink. Like, she drank it thinking it was just, like, beer or hard liquor or something along those lines, or a, a really funky Boone's Farm since this is 1989. <laughs> and so she went from Pepsi-free to PCP, according to, <laughs> what's his name, Michael? yeah i think that was his name and doug sees that she is starting to pass out he's like okay let's let's get you taken care of it and then i was like okay doug i'm all right i'm I'm a little concerned but then how he's helping her and his body language he's he's very conscious how he's helping her walk like it's not what you would expect an overly gropey like where you initially think it's going he's very respectful in that Moment, and then also the same thing like Max Such said. He's Such a nice guy. He is a nice guy, and he's he's mentioning he'd rather be at the movies, all of that. Lisa throws up in a trash can. He's holding her hair, and you're like, Doug, what a, what a good job, buddy. Way way not to be a scumbag. And he sets her down on the bed, and then Doug, all of a sudden Doug, you hear, Doug. do you feel that? And you look down, and he's got her hand on her his hand on her boob and he takes her hand and then moves it on his crotch. And then I'm like, I have my notice. Damn it. Doug. Like, and then you discover he's a nice guy.
0: Yeah. I, I have two notes in rapid succession. Oh, I'm Doug. Oh, almost immediately. I am not Doug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I about spit out my coffee.
0: <laughs> Very much. Not Doug.
1: Yeah. So that's another, I, that was another interesting choice of that you are disarmed with Doug cuz he things that he's saying, things that he how he is, you know, helping Lisa. He's a character a lot of us would identify with. I think male and female and non-binary people all across the spectrum would identify with him because he's so he's he's clearly not one of the popular people at that party. He's mm. he's clearly one of just the ordinary people or, you know, just maybe even one of the more outcast. he's he's just kind of an ordinary person at that party, not one of the in crowd. and he's being nice to a fellow human being in need. And I think a lot of us were like, yeah, that's 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 my my kind of person. you you really you really feel like Doug is just, Like Max said, that's, that's me. That's who I would be at that party. That's that, Mm -hmm. that, or who I would want to be at that party. And, uh, and then you have this sudden, oh, oh, no, no. I am, no, no. But it's, it's, it's surprising both because it's a turnaround in Doug. It's, it's, it's such a heel turn on Doug. And because it's, such not the stereotype. It's not the good looking athlete. It's not it's not who you expect to see in that role. It's your lab partner, <laughs> yeah. And that is such a nice choice. It's such a nuanced choice in that yeah. role because it does show that, yeah, it could be anyone. Yeah, anyone can do that
0: because the conclusion I eventually came to on Doug was, I am not Doug. But I knew Doug in high school I like that guy is real I I like not a one to one transcription of a person I know but split up the pieces of three or four guys and you could build a Doug there you go and the thought I had just now is like okay Doug's talking like oh I'd rather be at the movies the difference between me and Doug I would be at the movies <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, where was I during my senior prom? Seeing X-Men 2! Oh,
1: Mac. Oh, you had to say you were a senior when X-Men 2 came out. Oh. Oh. Oof. I did. Oh, you went there, Mac. Oh, my gosh. I, did. I sure did. Oh. Oof.
0: And I have no regrets. And they referred to Doug as a not-pictured, which I thought was a clever categorization of, of people. I... I am what Doug wished he would be because I was actually at the movies during that party. And not only was I not pictured in my senior yearbook, I refused to take a senior yearbook. And the yearbook advisor and the yearbook editors came to me and tried to bully me into taking a senior picture and said, if I didn't, I would be completely erased from the yearbook. And I was so tickled by being erased from high school history that I was like, let's do that. And so not only am I not pictured, I am not referenced in the 2003, in case we wanted to have a question about what year that was. Booker T. Washington, high school yearbook. I don't exist.
1: John <laughs> Mac.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, you got beat with that one. the he, he... He he put a year to it, Donna. He put a year to it. Like, I remember when X2 came out and, uh, you know, their opening weekend. But he put a year to it. Oh, I graduated vet school in 2003.
0: I am younger than you. This yeah, was a known I, I quantity.
1: Know. No, <laughs> we, we, we knew I, that. I we... It wasn't a known quantity. It <laughs> wasn't a known quantity.
0: It wasn't a specifically known quantity until just a moment ago.
1: We, we oh. knew that, and we made our peace with that. We just didn't know specific Jesus man. Christ. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. I very rarely get to feel this way, so I'm enjoying it. <laughs> uh,
1: God. Goddamn. <Gotcha>. Goddamn. Gotcha. you Okay. <laughs> 2003. Jesus wept.
0: <sighs> okay. Yep.
1: Oh my gosh. So back to this movie. Okay, five <laughs> things I could see. and Four things I can hear. <laughs> Three things I could touch.
0: I really broke Donna. And I did okay. not think that was going to be the thing that caused me to break Donna.
1: Two things I could smell. Okay. Alright, <laughs> so. Woo! Doug. Right. Doug. Okay. Bad guy, yeah. Don't Bad. be a Doug. Masquerading
0: as a good guy,
1: yeah. Don't be a dummy. So Taffy, I, another I interesting it. choice in this movie. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to like Taffy at all. Like when you, I we don't first, think the
0: movie, I think the movie played you that way. Yeah,
1: it did. Oh, I mean, the movie, yeah. the movie got me. It, 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 it hoodwinked me. But I, I ended up loving Taffy so much that she, one, she had some of the best lines. And just how supportive she always was of Lisa and making Lisa feel seen and wanted. Kathy managed to be both shallow and super, super kind and sweet and supportive. And yes, she, she wanted a sister so bad. She did. And she was like... This is the sister I got, so this is a sister, you know what, she likes this stuff, that's fine. It's not my bag, but I want to make sure she's not, you know, she's not one of the not-pictured. <laughs>
0: no. She and I would I not mean, have gotten along, because like, oh yes, I will be non-pictured.
1: But Tappy would have tried her damnedest with you, Mac.
0: She would have. And i had have been like, we got more important things to do, we're just invading Iraq right now. <laughs> Oh gosh! Yeah, I'm trying to reframe which I, 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 I gotta I keep tell going you, back to that well.
1: How how long it took me to figure out this movie was set in the late 80s? It's absurd how long it took me to figure that out, and and it shouldn't have because I remember going: Is that a crimping iron? Is that a nobody uses a crimping iron anymore? It was when when Mom showed up in that. Neon spandex bodysuit. I finally went, oh, no. I think, oh, oh, this all makes so much sense. The, the hair makes so much sense what they're wearing. Okay, I get it. I get it now. Okay, we're in the late 80s. Okay.
0: I was that, but then I was always like hyper fixated on like when in the late 80s. And then they were like, uh we're going to go see, look who's talking. I'm like, aha, a clue. And then she just out and says 1989. And I'm like, that was... Mm-hmm. Less fun.
1: I <laughs> knew with this, I mean I knew it was set in the 80s when it started, but I didn't know if it was going to do a movie trope of being very vague and like Goldbergy with the timeline mm-hmm. of the 80s, like you know, some stuff from the mm-hmm. early 80s, some stuff from the mid, some stuff for the late. I didn't know if it was going to do that. And when Taffy said, Oh, we're gonna go see Look Who's Talking, <laughs> Billy leans next to me and goes, was that 1990, right? I said nope, it's 89. And immediately, then later on, when she says 89, but yeah, thanks Taff for telling me the movie, because then I could pinpoint yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, I did. I was like, zoop, 89." Yeah. I'm like, where's all the Batman stuff? This is doesn't feel right.
1: <laughs> well, you saw the house they lived in—that hot pink house. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of Batman out, out in the
0: world. Like, oh, okay. it, it, it would have been hard to escape. There there had to have been some kid at that high school who had the, the, the bat symbol, you know, etched into the back of his forehead. The back of his forehead. Jesus Christ. I, I failed your anatomy test. The back <laughs> yeah. of his head with the hair. Yeah. You were about to say Batman stuff and you had my attention, Kenzie. What I
1: was gonna say was, and this hurts my heart to even say it, so please don't strike me down. But uh, all all the Batman kids were not pictured. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then I was their leader because not only was I not pictured, I did not exist. <laughs> you I did nothing. Shadow.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, no. I so back to Taffy. I I liked Taffy. She the the actress that played her was just just adorable and just
0: surprisingly sincere. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. She she could say things like "Does he have a football body or a basketball body?" And you still like her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you gen, over the course of the film, you generally got the sense that she meant well, even if she was dumb to and shallow, dumb and shallow. Like that, <laughs> those were maybe not the best qualities about her, but it did not define her.
1: Yeah, she, mm-hmm. she the elevator didn't go all the way up, but her heart was always in the right place. And, I, and you, I think one of the times you really see that is when she asks Lisa, she's like, is that one, it, is that, is that mine? Like talking about her clothes. And she's like, yeah, do you mind if I borrowed it? She's like, no, it looks really good on you. And your boobs look good in it. You know, just so just taffy, mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Everyone should have a taffy in their life. I agree. Sometimes you just, you need someone that is just sweet. Yeah. And tell you your boobs look good. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, you want to hear that. That's mm-hmm. so one of the things I noticed with this was that it is an interesting commentary on female rage because everyone that he attacked was someone that had physically or mentally hurt Lisa. Like, and it, he almost becomes the embodiment of her rage and using her rage like there was something that happened and I can't remember what it was specifically but I had a note written down that just said female rage and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. starting to look at it from that in that lens you really do see that because a lot of teenage girls they don't feel like they have agency they don't feel really seen because they are if it's a bad situation which Taffy's mom's not great we all can collectively pretty horrible yeah the only good thing about her is she is... created taffy that's the i, I will yeah. oh that <laughs> that wasn't what i was going for oh, okay the only thing about her was laura gugino well yeah yeah Carlos. yeah Carlos. Carla. Yeah, god damn it see yeah. that's why i was hoping that you would say her name because i was suddenly blanking on it Um, I I wanted somebody to say her last name because I always butcher it. I want Gugino. Yeah. Gugino. Gugino. Okay. So we were all reluctant to say the name because we were not positive. on. Yeah.
0: I was ready to go, but I had another addition that was totally (laughs) only tangentially related. Uh, She killed Lisa's mom. Just so we're clear.
1: Oh, no. See, see, you just destroyed the joke. I was going to set up here in a second
0: well then you needed Damn to it. let me know
1: <laughs> okay well then I'm gonna go with it so um so who was 100 convinced that dad killed Lisa's mom until you saw Dad that had no. never entered my oh mood. yeah. And when they when they said who you know, when they said what happened to Lisa's mom, I was sitting there going, "Oh, well, obviously it's Dad. I mean, he remarried. What was it like six months a year later? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Dad did it. obviously. Dad did it. And then we see Dad. And I was like, hmm.
0: actually, I'm of the reverse. It never occurred to me that Dad did it until you said it. And based on looking at him, he does look like he did it. He has got dumber energy about him. So I, I I'm you may have actually moved me on the board from Gugino to dad.
1: Yeah. See, I took one look at dad and went, no, he is way too passive. He in fact it had not occurred to me that Gugino did it mm. until now. And now I'm like, oh no, I think maybe Gugino did do it. Um, I'm only on Camp Gugino because this is a very female forward film and hmm. about female rage. That is the only reason why I am camp her. Now, what I can't quite figure out is why Gugino would want him. That—that's the only thing stopping me from this being is 100 on board. This is the 80s. I'm—I'm yeah. I'm going to say it is stable careers, good money, and it is uh, that that
0: and her personality type I think would be attracted to a passive or seemingly passive type
1: yep I will accept I will accept your arguments yeah yeah he had a good stable career and enough money and just passive enough because he was mm-hmm. I mean even with Lisa he's very passive like well you know mm-hmm. she didn't mean it she you know so I I I like I like that camp for Carla <laughs> but that brings us up to what I consider to actually be the major flaw of this film: the blatant violation of the Chekhov's gun law. I'm not as bothered
0: by it. I'll oh, let you it know.
1: Really bothered me. They 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 set up this really. I mean, you have an axe murdered mom.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, she could have died in a car accident. The only thing it set up was her freaking out when dead boy burst through the window. That's it. And freaking out when somebody bursts in through your window is a pretty reasonable response. I mean, many people would freak out when a dead man bursts through their window. That's That's a pretty reasonable response to somebody bursting in their window.
0: Right. To go back to the the surprising qualities of it, uh, I was expecting the murder of Lisa's mom to be a load-bearing part of the plot because it had that Chekhov's gun sort of setup, and then it really wasn't what the movie was about. I was surprised by that and a little bit delighted because I don't think it's a matter of Diablo Cody forgetting or Zelda Williams forgetting that that was there and just sloppily not coming back to it. I think it was just a red herring, very intentionally put it there. And uh, it worked better for me than it did for you. I could see it not working if you're if you're very keyed into that Chekhovian uh, construction where, oh, that needs to come back into play. Where Why didn't it come back into play? My reaction was, oh, that needs to come back into play. Oh, it didn't come back into play. That's odd.
1: Yeah, that was kind of my reaction. I was like, okay, well, that's weird. We didn't talk yeah. about it again. But you can make the argument sometimes things happen. And there's... There's no rhyme or reason. Now, granted, this yeah. is, you know, it's it's a film and <laughs> you want that. But it also felt like with that, though, there were scenes cut out, like mainly for time, for editing or whatever, that could have maybe answered it. Yeah. I don't know.
0: M- but also, maybe I think it's an an effort to create a very horror-centric world around her where... An axe murder is sort of an incidental just piece of history for a character, not part of the story we're telling right now. It almost feels like stuff Joe Dante would do in some of his, like in Gremlins specifically, where he would put weirder elements in the movie, but they're not plot bearing, uh, that sort of thing. So I kind of liked it on that front. I think they could have ad- taken the joke a little further because like they even joke about like you don't have anything to worry about. Your mom was already murdered. What if this was a world where axe murders in, in a slasher milieu were very common? And it was just like, oh, yeah, like you you were you survived an axe, axe murder. Everybody did. Come on. My cousin did. I think you just
1: figured something out, Mac. Since this is set in the 80s. Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that. It's like the slashers of the eighties, like, Oh, everybody, everybody, you know, that's just, that's the norm. And I think Mm -hmm. that maybe what was, what, what she was going for was just like that kind of just meta play. If you will, it's like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, my cousin had a guy in a hockey mask that (laughs) had somebody, uh, show up one time at summer camp like that. Like, I think that
0: feels right. It feels intentional. It doesn't feel like an omission. Yeah. That is an error. Yeah. Whether it works for you or not.
1: That, yeah. Now that's, yeah. yeah. Now this was one of our, uh, we had thought about using it as a poll question, but decided it might be a a longer discussion, but the green lightning, they make a big point to show the lightning is green. You see it in the opening animation. You see it uh, the night that her boyfriend is brought back from the dead, what do we think that green lightning meant? What do you, like, is it something special, something just that would pop because it's 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 a Frankenstein film? So, you know, green lightning, Frankenstein's normally green, that kind of thing. What do we... Kenzie, my yes, friend. Don- yes, Donna. I got to tell you, I didn't notice the green lightning. Okay. I was... I was embarrassed to tell you this when we were discussing it off mic. That's okay. That's but, okay. That's but okay. In the time between now and then, I have not come up with a good answer. Okay. So now I have to admit, I didn't notice the green lightning. It's I mean, okay. I noticed the lightning. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But I didn't notice the green lightning. So tell me what you think. I don't know because I don't know if they wanted it just one if if it's just kind of another nod because it is frankensteiny or if it if there's a magical property because we we saw the opening animation and you didn't see there was any magic aspect i just i have no idea other than you know sometimes lightning's green mm-hmm. now macula said he had a in universe kind of answer and that's the one i'm really like leaning forward to here that had to do with universal monsters and so i'm now i'm very curious
0: yeah uh and I'm trying to remember what the name of the thing is like in the later frankenstein movies they they really try to explain why lightning would have any effect on reanimating corpses and the uh the the ultimate answer was that certain types of lightning had certain particles embedded in it that had life rejuvenating events, and it was always like a hunt of trying to figure out what uh like trying to harness that particular kind of particle to reanimate bodies and i'm having a hard time finding specifically what it was called i thought they were called lazarus particles but i can't remember but the universal monsters wiki may not be you know thorough enough to guide me in my search here (laughs) only has 953 pages whatever um it's all so on I'm Dracula. Gonna, yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say unnamed particles. And a, as you get into the the more B movie later Universal monster movies, uh, that, that's a plot point. Is that it's not just lightning; it's special lightning.
1: Well, and that would and the Universal angle a hundred percent makes sense. Yeah, because in Lisa's room, you do see you know she's drawn Gillman. She's got a Gill poster. She's got Bride you know, of Frankenstein. The mu- poster. Bride of Frankenstein. She's got the mummy. Uh, she had another one too. But she, you know, so honestly, I, I feel like that is another. That's a that's a deep cut. With with that, I think I just you know I'm not as versed in the Universal monster lore as as you are or as others. Mm-hmm. But I I like that idea of that. So I'm I'm you know, I definitely co-signed. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I missed most of the uh opening credits because I was ushering <laughs> the other Bride of Frankenstein riff out in theaters right now, Poor Things.
1: I, I love that <laughs> we're kind of in a in a Frankenstein renaissance, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. Between this and Poor Things, like it's just it's nice. It's a little it's a little fun. Yeah. I I read a bit of trivia that I just thought I'd share with you about a lost penile prosthesis that I guess this was a PG movie, right? A PG 13. PG 13. Yeah. But when they originally filmed it, they were planning for it to be an R movie. And so when they went for Michael, you actually saw a penis go into the bucket. Oh, and <laughs> they lost that penile prosthesis for a couple of weeks. And apparently they thought that uh, assorted actors had maybe just obscounded with it, but they did end up finding it. But so, yeah, there is actual footage of a penis going into the bucket. But then I I guess they decided to go for a PG, and so we just got the The
0: phrase phrase actual footage of a penis going into a bucket, of the penis going into the bucket, it's... Mm -hmm. uh, I'm learning so much about anatomy right now from Donna.
1: <laughs> I'm, a great, I'm a very good teacher. Yeah. Um, so,
0: I don't think I don't think bucket's the scientific term for that, but you know I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you, Donna.
1: Um, now I I did want to mention one I've only ever seen Cole Spruce as Jughead, which I don't think is a really fantastic opportunity for an actor to you know really ex. Explore his abilities but um for 99 of this movie he said mm-hmm. and um boy can act he communicated quite a bit "er." Yeah. Yeah.
0: like i said he was doing a, a, si- a full silent movie performance in the middle of a very talky diablo cody comedy
1: i was really quite impressed with him in heavy makeup during parts of it too like that's you know he he was i was pleasantly surprised with that performance because it could have been super one note and Mm -hmm. he he brought a lot of humanity and Mm -hmm. and depth to that character now i do think just so since we are way in spoiler territory here so the anatomy items that he is missing that is what is taken from the victim so the first one is the ear uh he takes Doug's hand because he's missing a hand and apparently he's missing a penis so that is taken from Michael and yeah i think that scene works better with it being pg13 because it's funnier to me it's it's what you don't yeah see and it's the reactions and it's i i think it's funnier speaking of reactions the way that the way that he Looks off camera with his with, with his hands off on his hips and is looking off to the side while she sews the penis <laughs> to him. And what was what was the song like? The song was like so eighties cheese tastic. Like it was great. Like the whole that that whole scene was hilarious and just very fun. Yeah, it was pretty great. Do we have anything else? Oh, you know what? If you if you just type in Lisa. Frank, while you're searching for Lisa Frankenstein, you get a whole different set of results. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a different search right there. But also appropriate with this film. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um so this was directed by uh Zelda Williams. Mm-hmm. Um Robin Williams' daughter. Mm-hmm. I just thought I'd mention that. This was her first feature film director because I'm uh, direction because yeah. I knew she had done. Some uh, Some shorts and some music videos, but yeah, she's, she's good. She's, she's got, I'm just glancing over some stuff. Um, apparently in the final scene, there's a character wearing rainbow suspenders. Oh, it's, it's a boyfriend. Uh. Yeah. It's a boyfriend. Okay. Oh, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. He's yeah. He's got rainbow suspenders on. Okay. No, I don't find anything else I want to discuss except that, yeah, it was some good, uh, some good music. If you enjoy eighties music, which I'm really, really old, so I do. <laughs> I enjoy eighties <laughs> music too, Donna. <laughs> so with this being a Diablo Cody movie, we had a lot of good quotes. I actually, the three of us had ones that we were all uh, really were fighting on, and like it, it was tough. This is it's been a while since we've had a tough quote discussion. Because we all, we all had our favorites. My personal favorite was uh, your hair feels like Easter grass. Mac, what was yours?
0: Uh, you don't have to worry about things because your mom was already murdered.
1: <laughs> but the one we landed on, which Donna has our quote, is... I told you I'd hold your stupid hand. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rule oh my gosh. Well, rule was a little bit tricky. That we we some of us were kind of saying the same thing, and then Mac uh, doesn't think anybody did anything wrong. <laughs>
0: I'm fine. I'm fine with everybody's decisions.
1: <laughs> uh, but so what we what we came up with for our rule is, if your undead boyfriend offers to kill someone for you, in the immortal words of Nancy Reagan, just say no. And any child of the 80s knows that that was so drilled in our heads of just saying no.
0: Just saying no.
1: I was five years old at
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> On New Year's Day, 1990.
1: Shut up, Mac. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Uh, I'm turning 40 in a couple months. I don't get to do this a lot, so... Go to your room. <laughs> I am in my room.
1: <laughs> now, for Paul... Our poll suggestions were talking points we did this time in the episode. So, Donna, you have our poll. I'm going to go on a really small little rant before I do this. Just a tiny little rant. Actually, it could be a huge long rant, but I'm going to constrain it. Google fucking news. The morning I went to watch this film, I see a headline that says, explaining Lisa Frankenstein's ambiguous ending. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i fucking hate those videos like the ending to aquaman explain i can't imagine i have not seen aquaman too, but there, there there's nothing complicated about any yeah. of these endings that need that i need it spoon fed <laughs> to me
1: no Ugh. so I, I i i see this and i'm like oh an ambiguous ending damn. So I go through the day, I go see the movie, and the whole movie, I'm sitting there going, okay, what could be ambiguous about this? And I get to the ending, I see the ending, and I'm like, that's not ambiguous. No, There's it's not. There's nothing ambiguous about that. It's very clear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most movie endings are.
1: <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there.
0: Yeah. I, I despise that genre of, like, YouTube video, where it's like, the season finale of The blah, 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 Explained. I know if you watched it and didn't get it, that's on you. Yes. So,
1: however, the way that uh, the boyfriend kept getting healthier was in a malfunctioning tanning bed. They'd sew a piece on him, they'd put him in the bed, he'd get zapped in the malfunctioning tanning bed, and he'd come back a little better every time. However, Lisa died in a fire caused by the malfunctioning tanning bed she unalived herself as they will say on the social medias so they don't longer have the mal- malfunctioning tanning bed so how are they going to fix her
0: it's 1989 there are plenty of tanning beds i remember being again about 5 years old um and uh my mother was a a purveyor or not purveyor a a, a user of tanning beds and would go to a tanning salon, and I would be sitting outside. They had like a a, a TV and a VHS set up, and I would I would watch Transformers cartoons while my mother was partaking of the tanning bed. It was it would not have been hard to find a tanning bed, and not much harder to find a malfunctioning tanning bed. If if it was if like if she went like dead asleep for several years and woke up and it's 2003 when again I was graduating high school. The tanning beds might have been harder to find uh, then, but 1989, no problems. I hate to
1: say it, but that is a really good answer because, especially during that time, like you could throw a rock and hit a tanning bed, like mm-hmm. because my mom also was a uh, user of the tanning beds. As and as I was told, uh, I just want to get my tan started, just so I'll have some some color, which. In her defense, she really was good. Like, no, I have, this is how minute, how long I'm going to do it. This is, like, she she had her routine and her system that she did it for. And so I don't think it would be hard to find a malfunctioning tanning bed. Now, I do feel like there's a lot of trial and error. So, you know, there may be some tanning bed locations that they've got to break into In the night to see if that's going to be the one that works until they find that one. I feel like there's a lot of trial and error, though. Well, let me throw a wrench in this. Do it. Her problems are different than his problems. He had pieces, like, gone. I don't know that she has the same problems. She's been burned. Like, he had a hand just lopped off for some reason. She doesn't have the same problems. So I'm not sure she needs the same solution. Possible. That's possible. Um, They're only working with what they know. So if, yeah. mm-hmm. so, since tanning beds worked for him. Mm-hmm.
0: She seems certainly up and running by that last shot. So mm-hmm. whether or not it's like with him, there has to be kind of a progressive effort to get him get her back to some sort of human feeling mm. version of undead.
1: I just had the most horrible thought. Mm. Ooh. I think what she needs is skin grafts. Yeah. But then, you know what? That's going to segue perfectly into the sequel, Lisa Frankenstein 2, since it's going to be now in the 90s. And the 90s more were the serial killer type of genre. And, you know, you're getting into The Seven and The Skinning and The Silence of the Lambs. So I feel like then we've just we've figured out the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. That, That's going to be hard to make that one PG. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know how you can make it. I mean, there's some good '90s songs that you can kind of set that to. That not as good as the '80s, though. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say now I need somebody to like do like a mashup cut of a uh, Silence of the Lambs, you know, but with like happy '90s music. Now, like, I need <laughs> somebody to to edit that for me.
0: But like, is her skin gone, or is it just ride to oh. where a another dip in a Lazarus pit or Lazarus adjacent item like a tanning bed would uh
1: she certainly was all covered up except for her face. Yeah. That would certainly suggest some pretty gnarly injuries.
0: That's also very similar to how the bride of Frankenstein is originally kind of presented
1: at the True. end of that
0: movie. Yeah. All
1: yeah. right. True. True.
0: In a, in a horrified universe with Lazarus particles and axe killers everywhere, I'm sure they would find a way.
1: Oh, you know what our fucking poll question should have been? Who's the monster? That would have been a good one.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And on that note, who wants to Carla go first? Mugino. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy answer.
0: Right. <laughs> Therefore, not a great poll question, because yeah. it's like, there's an easy, objectively correct answer yeah
1: all right i will go first on happy place because mine is utterly ridiculous but very on brand for me so uh yesterday before the movie we stopped at five below because they for some reason got the exclusive funko pop keychain of grand admiral Thrawn, and i not only found it there they saw you coming yeah. Yeah. I I got one for myself and I got I picked up one for somebody else and so yeah, I found my Funko Pop keychain in the wild. I have a weird toy hunting prey drive that I like when I can do something like that cuz yes, it's fun finding, you know, ordering things online. Uh with it being Five Below, it sold out immediately very fast, so I couldn't order it online. So the fact that I was able to find it in the wild if anyone's ever been to Five Below, you no, know, sometimes that can be a little a little tricksy.
0: Cool. My happy place is, it's going to sound like vague booking, but like to go into any more detail, there's like an outside chance some of the people involved in this might hear this. So uh, I'll just say tragedy plus time equals comedy. That's the most common theme that has delighted me since last we recorded.
1: Okay. Okay. I, you know, I just, I just really love my job. I'm just going to go with that. I just, I really love my job. I, enjoy teaching, and I am so glad my career trajectory has landed me where it has, and I get to teach. I really love it. I like that, Donna. Well, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. We're Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Our website and Blue Sky username is the beyondthecabininthewoods.com. I am on Threads and Instagram as at Callista 77 You can find me on Instagram and blue sky at dragon goblin at dragongoblin.com blue sky
0: is there an iron goblin donna
1: there isn't as a matter of fact there is no iron goblin
0: i was confused for a moment yeah
1: yeah we don't <laughs> want that yeah.
0: frontal bone my frontal, frontal bone's lobe. working over to overdrive
1: you know what's <laughs> right under your frontal bone
0: the rearal bone
1: <laughs> that's fantastic the frontal lobe
0: <laughs> Ah, right. Yeah,
1: so your frontal lobe was was working.
0: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Anywho, <laughs> uh this podcast and other fine podcasts can be found uh on partyapocalypse.com. Uh other fine podcasts, including The Holodeck is broken with myself, Laura, Canyon, and Eris, they also co-host Disorganized, a Criminal Minds podcast. There's also full runs of Friendables, Two Friends, talking about Hannibal Lecter, The Fourth Wall, and As the Myth Turns, books, blogs, movie reviews, and nothing else. Uh, I can be found on social medias, at Party Apocalypse, pretty much anywhere. The degree with which I am engaging on those platforms will vary, based mostly on their ugliness, And except for Instagram, which seems to be fine- And I just don't care. So.
1: As always, thank you to our editor, Billy, for making us sound fantastic and presentable. We do appreciate you. Love you, Billy. And thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us if you aren't doing so already. And don't read the Latin. You know
0: what horror is?